Hello and welcome to episode 47 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And joining me is League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Very, very good. It's uh, almost origin time. It's almost decider time. And it's just a shame Mitchell Pierce is playing for New South Wales. Yes, yes. We've, uh, <laughs> we've, we've been over this a little bit uh, off air, talking about how... Well, this is my theory anyway, that the fact that Mitchell Pierce is in there has just killed the excitement mm-hmm. of this game for Blues fans. Yeah, I feel that way. I feel like, uh, I don't know, that we're going to sit down and be watching a procession, a funeral. Um, we, are either, we are either way, aren't we? Because yeah. uh, if we win, yeah. then it's like, hooray, we won. But fuck, that probably means we've got Mitchell Pierce as the starting half next year. Yeah. And if for we lose, forever. it's like... Yeah, and if and if we lose, it's like, oh, fuck, Mitchell Pierce has cost us another origin one. We've got to wait till next year to bloody have another crack at it. We well, you know the hilarious thing is, is if we win, right, he will be guaranteed to get at least up to 22 origin games because he'll play all three games next year as well. Absolutely. And now you're starting to get into the super rarefied air of, like, players that have been outstanding origin success stories. So, I mean, he still might get there even if we lose. You know, they keep wanting to pick him. It's ridiculous. It is, it is. Now, there was a uh, an article out today that said he's got a he's got a clause in his in his contract with the Knights mm. that says that uh, it, it's mostly focused on the Knights' success, which might be a reason why he's shirked um, origin responsibilities so far, perhaps. Um, saying that if they get into the finals, then he gets a bonus. And if they make it to the top four, he gets mm-hmm. a bigger bonus. It's an interesting contract that he's got. I mean, I don't know that... I, I guess a club like Newcastle can afford to do a contract like that, but it's not one that I would want to kind of sign a player to. Yeah, it's... Uh, the, the fan in me wishes all players had a contract that was like that, but I mean... At the same time, these people have got to eat and someone's got to end up last on the ladder somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And, like, what happens if... You know what would end up happening? You'd get players that would sign for a club and I'll just pick a club like, uh, say, yeah, the Broncos. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, let's say the Broncos, right? Yeah, so the Broncos sign somebody on a contract and they've got clauses in that if they get top four, they get a huge amount of money. If they get top eight, they get a reasonable amount of money, blah, blah, blah. And then they miss the eight. And you're going to have a player that's like, man, we've missed the eight two plus years in a row. I'm down a quarter of a million dollars because of it. I want out. Yeah, players, players and KPIs don't really work too well. <laughs> nah, nah, they don't. Like, well, players and just standard contracts don't work too well. But at the same time, it's the same thing with like uh, clubs. Like they do the exact same thing. You know, they'll go to a player and they say, well. You know, we know we signed you to a contract, but we're going to have to tell you to leave. So it, it's six or one half a dozen or the other. Um, I, I'm not going to bag the players because the clubs are maybe even worse at it. No, that's absolutely true. Now, um, more, more more origin chatter here. Blake Ferguson has has said um, he will not break his alcohol ban even if New South Wales wins the series. Um, so do, you just... that, do you reckon that's true? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question here, right? Okay. Would you place a $10,000 bet, right, that Blake Ferguson, if you put, like, an alcohol monitor ankle bracelet on him, that he will not break his alcohol curfew from today until, I don't know, Sunday? At all. He will not break it. There's no chance of him breaking it. Would you put $10,000 on that? Let me answer by saying this. I think he was drunk when he made that statement. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Of course, he's getting oh, pissed. Shit. He's getting shit fucked. Oh, just, you know, how could you not? If you if you win, like, will it be his first Origin Series win? It might be, hey? It could be. I haven't really looked that up. Let me see if I, I can check that out I, now. I if like only there was be. a website I could check that out on. I know. We need something at, like, some sort of... Someone's set up some sort of project about rugby league. Wow. Um, and it contains statistical analyses of the game. That would be fantastic. See how I said analyses? It's analyses. like, yeah, that's that's my version of um, when Alan Jones says elite instead of elite. <laughs> he's the well, only person in the world that says elite. 
I don't get that. Which which um which years did we win the uh, State of Origin series since twenty thirteen? Twenty fourteen and twenty eighteen, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he didn't play a single game in twenty fourteen, yeah, or twenty fifteen, or twenty eighteen. Okay. okay, there we go. It'll be his first series win. He's going to get fucked up. <laughs> How'd that go again? Fucked up. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Um. Right, there has been a, one change to the uh, Queensland side because Matt Jett, uh, Gillette, Jett, yeah. uh, he's been ruled out and he's yeah. been replaced by Ethan Lowe. Initially, we heard that mm. uh, Dylan Napper was going to be called into the team, but uh, mm. Kevy's stuck to his senses and realised that he offers nothing, so kept him as 18th man. Yeah, it's interesting. I really, I did. I read it somewhere, and I don't know where it was today that uh, Napper had been called in, but I guess Kevy put a big, thick marker through that one. Yeah, he, I do say he realised that he needed he needed some forwards to actually do some work, and mm. so um, he went with the bloke who's been playing centre mostly at South this year. Oddly yeah, enough. as you as you would. Yeah, man, this this Queensland team, I don't like the look of it. I know that it's when you don't like the look of Queensland that they play their best footy, but I just look at this Queensland team and I'm like, it just looks like a bit of a mess to me. It, you know what? It looks light. It looks yeah. very light. They don't have much much size on the bench. Yeah. Um, or in the starting line, really, especially yeah. once that, that 25-minute mark hits and they're going to start to hit on that rotation in the forwards. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. When, when you've got someone like Clamour on the opposition team, you don't have someone off the bench that's going to be able to counter him. Uh, gee, I don't know. I, I, I worry about their middle. You know, if if we didn't have Mitchell Pearce, I'd say we were specials. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> I can't make a segue here. Uh, the other no. one was uh, Darren, Darren Lockyer says that this origin decider could yeah. define Daly Cherry Evans. Um, it could be the game mm. that his legacy is judged upon. Now, mm. I don't know if that's fair, given yeah. that... Uh, He's done reasonably well, to be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's played really well. You've got to remember, he played the first Origin match, having not played any club football for a couple of months, I think it was, because of an injury. So mm. I thought he played great in the, the first match. The second match was, I mean, you know, no halfback was going to play great in that game for Queensland. They were just completely dominated. Um yeah, I think it's unfair. I think he's achieved... I mean, he's been a premiership winner as a very young player. Um I don't think it's it's a game like that. That sort of kind of reads to me like, you know, a former Origin player wanting to rev rev them up going into the decider. But yeah, I, I don't know. It just seems a bit. It just seems like a headline and a really empty headline to me. I don't know. What do you reckon? Well, the first thing I think of is, um, you know, you compare it to Mitchell Pearce, and Mitchell yeah. Pearce has probably had his career defined already long ago. Yeah as yeah. being an origin failure, and yet yeah. he's still got a call-up for this game. Yes. And I don't think DCE, being captain and losing this origin series, is going to define his career in any way if Mitchell Pearce can still keep getting called up after mm. his abysmal record in origin. Yeah, I would agree with that. And the other thing is, too, DCE was, you know, when he was playing off the bench and stuff like that and coming into the, the Queensland team and playing, like, in the forwards and stuff, he was outstanding. Yeah. Like, he would play great. He was playing great no matter where they put him. I think he's always played really well for Queensland. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I just don't – I just think it was one of those headlines that was just, you know, just toss one up. He's one of those players, DC, where he's managed to not just be a smug, smarmy person who most fans hate, but he's mm. also hated by Queenslanders because of his decision to um, not go and move to the Gold Coast to play up there. Mm-hmm. Remember there was um, talk about him being a you know <laughs> reneging on the Queenslanders and stuff like that by staying in New South Wales. Yeah, yeah, and and like they really took that personally. I I didn't understand that at all. But um, I also think that they probably don't like DCE because he can actually string a few words together as well. He just doesn't seem like a Queenslander when you hear him speak. That is very true. It's very yeah. true. Um, I, uh, I I cannot pull that argument apart at all. That makes complete sense. Yeah, 
I mean, he doesn't, first of all, he doesn't speak in monotone and it's not just a drone, you know, it's not just a droney, you know, three word answer. So doesn't speak like a Queenslander and they probably, they fear it. I even heard him once use a word that had more than two syllables in it. Yeah, exactly. So, and sometimes, you know, the Queenslanders, they get a little bit worried about them sort of people. They, you know, they, they do, yeah. They They're spit out their it. chew and they grab, they put their banjo down and, Look, Pa! <laughs> we don't take kindly to you folks coming around here speaking your fancy talk. Yes, you do have a pretty mouth, though. <laughs> Get in there nice and deep like. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and <laughs> goodbye to all our Queensland listeners. <laughs> it was nice having you on board. Yeah, it was It was fun while it lasted. Yeah. Um, Kevin Walters has said, Christian Welch should have been picked in origin one kevin walters the man who picks the teams okay nice well there you go thanks um, kevin kevin walters was the one who had a cry last year because uh billy slater didn't play in game one the mm. man who picks the teams i mean i know mm. there's other people there but still you're the coach i mean gross get a get a set on you kevin and put put your fucking foot down mm, exactly just, just crying all the time caper mate that's just not good enough for for an origin coach. You got to get got to get tough and hard and get nasty and start swinging your dick around a bit, mate. The loser of this game loses their job. Him or Fitler, whoever loses, done. You know what? I I think you're absolutely spot on. And it's a it's a plum job. Like you coach three games a year, you got you're a fifty fifty shot of being successful, and you get paid a lot of money. And, yeah, you can say, oh, yeah, I'm an origin coach. How about you? Oh, just a club coach, eh? Oh, all right. You know, you can still pick up some of that green from Fox Sports and Channel 9 and all that shit. And, yeah, you don't want to lose the origin coaching job. But the person that loses, they're done. They're gone. They'll never coach at this level again. Yeah, I think you might be onto something there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one more bit of news here. It's, it's sort of origin-related, and that's uh, Nathan Brown has said that he's going to make his origin players back up after origin three. Um, ah. Let me just, hang on, let me just open this file I've got on my desktop. Where is it? Uh, oh, yeah, I don't care. Double-click on that, and let me just put in what he said. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fishing for content. Yeah. Um, it's now, been the, a tough one. The big news. Mm. The big news. Mm. Trent Trent Barrett. Yeah, He's back in the coaching. Uh, back in the coaching uh, shortlist, I guess for one team mm. there, the Bulldogs. Mm. Looking to jump out of the fire and into yeah. the big vat of poo. Yeah, well, I guess that if you have a team full of reserve graders, why not get somebody that's not a first grade coach to coach them? And maybe it's a brilliant move. Um, I would say that Dean Pay, considering what he has had to work with this year, it's an absolute miracle that the Bulldogs have won as many games as they have. But I think that any time that you can spike the legacy of an entire club, you just got to do it. Yeah, I'd have thought too that uh, the Bulldogs would have learned from the last time they decided to go and hire a former Manly coach. You'd think so. You'd think yeah. so. But to be fair to Trent Barrett, he does have the runs on the board. Okay. Mm. <laughs> He's got runs on the board in a game of rugby league. That's a probably a very, very fitting analogy for Trent Barrett. Yeah. I like He's... to say things that just people say in the media because I feel like that, you know, sometimes I like to bring mainstream media to this podcast. So like when I talk about like, oh, you know, people are saying that Trent Barrett might be up for that job. And it's like, who? Who? Name them. Name these yeah. people. Who are like, these no, people? no, no. That's not how it works. Staff, staff writers say. Yeah. <laughs> there's been there's been calls for. That's another good one. There's been calls for Trent Barrett to replace Dean Pay. From who? Yeah. Who are they? Name them. Exactly. Like, oh, I just no. I just made it up. Don't ask me that. I prove this shit. I'm a journalist. I've got to I've got to create content. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> um. Speaking of manly. Yeah. Apparently they've put a $10 million deal down for the Trebojevic brothers. So, I mean, that might just be a 
that could literally be signing them to both to a six-year deal each. Which, when you yeah. say it that way, it doesn't really sound like much, eh? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of run in the mill then. Yeah, but it's, it's <laughs> going to be... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably going to be around 800, 800 or 900 grand each. Yeah. Yeah, which... so say, say you looked at... Say you said... Um, I don't know. Say you said Penrith have re-signed Maloney and it's going to make their four, their halfbacks... Uh, they're going to be spending nine million bucks over the next five years, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah well if you're going to jet out, it kind of makes sense. Well, my question was going to be, uh, do you think they've spent enough? If they like, if they're going to offer say eight hundred and fifty grand for each of them per year in their next deal, is that enough to retain them? I would think the way I would feel about it, right? I feel as though Jake is going to be rudely pursued by certain clubs because he plays every single game. He's a very good forward. Um, I think his brother would be pursued more by clubs that need some strike, some strike weapons. And because he is a little bit injury prone, so he worries me a little bit. Um, They obviously want to stay at the same club or go to the same club. So it's going to be interesting to see if a team can break them up with a, a great offer for one, but not the other. Um, you know, I, I I like I love both players, but I I worry about Tom's durability. I really do. Yeah, he he is a little uh, a little Duganish when it comes mm. to the legs. Well, I guess that I mean he's kind of like Brett Stewart in the fact that Stewart was a little bit like that as well. He was, you know, he'd get injured and stuff. Maybe it's just because Manly can't afford. I don't know stuff like a doctor or chairs and stuff like that. Maybe that's the problem. And, and yeah, throw throw in the fact that their ground is an absolute dog heap. Yeah, that, that can't help, hey? That won't help. No. And they need to get some nice plush carpet down on there. Yeah. That would help. Yeah. Just get, um, a, get, a good, get a good rug down on that thing. Absolutely. <laughs> um. George the Beak Williams is set to join the the Raiders next year from Wigan. Yeah, uh, he's, he's set uh, to fill in in the halfback role there, and that should help enhance their, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm convinced. <laughs> they said uh, they said that they were looking for in, in Canberra. They said that they were looking for their next Laurie Daly, and wow, didn't they find one? Well, physically, they they got the nose part down, Pat. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, like yeah. They're, look, you're not going to find the next Laurie Daly in England. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, that's probably a good good way to put it. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know much more to add to that. I just I, look. I'd I'd like to see an English half mm, do well in Australia. Just I'm just one. not. Sh- just one. I mean, well, yeah. we had Ellery Hanley, but he was more of a lock. Yeah, and we had uh, Tommy Bishop. Tommy Bishop, yeah, we're going back a bit now, but yeah, yeah. that's yeah. pretty much how far back you got to go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Bishop was brilliant. He was a tough sort of halfback too. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I fear Canberra may have just invested a heap of money in a player who's probably going to be, He'll probably play half the games, and I'll probably still have to rely on Sam Williams every now and then to to play first grade when when George sort of drops in and out of form. Yeah, or Aiden Caesar even. I mean, how many times are they going to drop him and then be like, "No, no, come back, we need you." <laughs> it's uh, it's an absolute merry-go-round there. I don't know what they're going to do. Mm. Maybe Ricky. Just... Maybe Ricky should come back. What? Well, what would happen, right? What would happen if the Raiders say, "Listen"? Cronulla will take Sean Johnson off your hands. I think that Cronulla would drive him down to down to Canberra, right? Oh, absolutely. They'd drive him down with a pair of Ugg boots. And if you were, if, say you were the Canberra Raiders, would you rather this bloke from England and Aiden Caesar, or would you rather a busted-ass Sean Johnson? Ooh. Well, i take you should- I'd take you Sean can, Johnson. Yeah, you know, I, I probably would take Sean Johnson. I think with that forward pack the Raiders have, mm-hmm. 
they're young and powerful. I think Johnson would have no excuses there. Mm-hmm. Like that that Sharks pack is pretty solid, but it's got a few very young players interspersed with some older ones, so it can get a bit inconsistent at times during games, which doesn't help Sean Johnson because that's what he's had all the time at the Warriors. Whereas the Raiders pack seems to be a little bit more consistent, a bit more dominant in my eyes anyway. And I think Johnson would be okay behind that. Yeah, and I think he would enjoy the love fest that they have down there in Canberra. I think that, uh, and he'd be out of the spotlight a bit. It'd be good for him, I think, going down to Canberra. Um, I would much rather have him. So there's a there is a way for the Cronulla to do this. Yes, and that is they have to get Sean Johnson naturalised as English. Maybe, yeah. He's got to he's got to you know have like a a grandparent or like a mailman or someone that was English. Well, Johnson, I'd say Johnson's an English surname, surely. J- Johnson, you'd think so, yeah. Sean? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's got to be fairly British sounding. Pretty sure that's not a Maori name. Not at all. Mm. You can you can make this happen, Cronulla. Um, speaking of another Cronulla player that's on a lot of money and doing bugger all, um, yep. as my mum would call him, that useless thing, Matt Moylan. Yeah, young Matty Moylan. Um, wow. Yeah, he's playing like shit. Remember when Cronulla fans were saying, oh, we got rid of Maloney. We got Moylan. Yeah. Yeah. Maloney was old and broken down, and he's only going to get worse. And Moylan's a young fella. He's on the up. He's not really that young, but they keep calling him young fella. Mm -hmm. Um, He's like Sean, um, sorry, like Michael Clark in the sense they'll always be calling him Pup or Junior or something like that, or some young fella, even though he's bloody 93 years old. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, look, I I tell you what, are they the two worst contracts? in the NRL, Johnson and Moylan combined. It'd be the, yeah, if you're looking for two players on mm. big money at one club, mm. yeah, they'd, they'd be the two worst. Mm. And of course, not counting Parramatta at all. Like, we it's we have to physically not count Parramatta because, like, it's all of them. But for the rest of the NRL, definitely. Well, we're also looking at, let's be fair to ourselves here, we're talking about the contracts they signed at the start of the year, not the ones they uh, re-signed later on. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a very good point. Just dug us out of that hole. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, uh, I don't know, Sharks, I think Sharks really need to find a way to get rid of both of those guys. Um, they've got enough good young backs coming through. Mm. Yeah, I, I think they can, I mean, who knows? They're just they've got a lot of money tied up in those players, and I wouldn't be surprised that um, Valentine Holmes may get sick of waiting for an NFL gig and may come home next year if he doesn't get one. Yeah, yeah. and, if and he then they'll have to them. Yeah, and if he does, it'd be good to have the cash in the bank. And if you get rid of both of those, especially with Gallon retiring, I mean the Sharks are going to have if, if they do that, they're going to have close to be over two million dollars available in the cap. Yeah, and, and, you know, you could get Valentine Holmes and somebody else, like a real good player. So, yeah. um, Well, they don't need be... a half. That's a good thing. They've got they've got two good halves there already. Yeah, if they can Johnson. hold Flanagan, though. Like, they need to hold Flanagan. Mm. Yeah. I think all they need to do is probably buy, really, probably just another prop to put on the bench. and Because that's the other thing, too. You've got to force to throw in Aaron Woods to that combination. Mm-hmm. Get rid of him, too. Yeah, um, he's crap. And, and I think Dugan might be in his last year of his contract as well. Look at how much money they've got yeah. tied up in those four blokes. Man. And the output they get from them. It's terrible. It makes me wonder, like, who buys Dugan next year? Uh, Wigan. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> well, let's, let's look at it this way, okay? Wigan need a half. Yeah. And Dugan's never played there before, but... You know, I think, I, th- I think Dugan's got a skill set that would work at 5-8th over there in England because why not? Yeah. Uh, he'd, know, be like, why not? he'd be like um, Jack Whiten over there. Imagine uh, imagine if he goes over there and just the softer grounds, for whatever reason, just works for him and all of a sudden he's not missing a game. He bounces up in every play, the ball and stuff. I mean, there's some players just they enjoy going over there. Like David yeah. Fafida. Like, he's playing like Arthur Beetson right now. Oh, he's ripping them apart over there. Yeah, and it just it makes no sense. But 
some players are just like that. They just enjoy it. Yeah, I think I think if Dugan did go over there next year, because he's not yeah. that old either, I think if he went over there next year, yeah. he would probably end up being man of steel for about four years in a row <laughs> and would destroy them. Well, right now, Blake Austin, I think, is leading their Man of Steel award. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd rate Dugan above him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Parramatta's had a, a, a big loss for next year. Oh, Manu Mau is off to Hull FC. Oh, the as, mighty bottle throwers. <laughs> as the resident Hull FC fan on this podcast. Yes. How do you feel about this signing? Um... I don't know how I feel like it. I guess it'll, it depends how he turns up, you know. It's one of the weird things about Hull FC signings is sometimes you can think that they're going to be crap and they turn up and they actually play pretty well. And then other times you think, oh, yeah, we've got a good one here. And then they just turn up and they you, they haven't wanted to be there the whole time. Um, and that's normally when our supporter base decides to, like, help put the, the posts away. Um, help the ground staff put the posts away when we get upset. Um, so, yeah, and then we recycle bottles and stuff um, by throwing them onto the field and things like that. We also donate money throwing coins and things like that. So, you know, we're a caring type at Hull FC, so that needs to be remembered. But I guess time will tell if he's a good signing or not. I think he'd, uh, he'll probably do pretty well over there. Yeah. Um now, there was another bit of news here, and that was the, the NRL has stepped in to ensure that no repeat of the 2018 Origin farce, mm-hmm. which saw Queensland fullback Billy Slater awarded the Wally Lewis medal despite mm-hmm. only playing two games of the series. Um, that story comes from the Daily Telegraph. I'm not going to click on it, so that's all we know about it. Yeah. What, I, what ideas do you think that they could come up with? Well, just handing the right person the player of the series would be a good start. Yeah, um, the first thing is they've got to hand it to someone wearing a blue jumper because that makes sense. Well, okay, well, how about this, right? Just say James Malone has a blinder in game three, right? Mm. Single-handedly wins the game for New South Wales. And so he's played in New South Wales two victories, okay? He wasn't yep. there for their loss in game yep. one. Yep. He can't win them a player of the series. Yeah. Okay. Nonsense. Right. Okay, yeah. yeah. Just, yeah, I'm, I just wanted to clear that one up. Yeah, no, I fully agree. It's nonsense. Um, Because as 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 we discussed off air just very quickly, is that Mm -hmm. uh, when I when I mentioned this one, you said the problem wasn't the fact that that he only played two games. No, Slater. The problem was the fact they picked the wrong person. Yeah, yeah, it was like like and from memory, Slater had one really good game. Yeah. Um, and the other one was like just all right. And the thing about last year's series is that. From memory, Tedesco was outstanding yeah, through the whole thing. Ph- he was phenomenal. He stood yeah. out as the best player over all three games. Yeah, and so it was more of the case of like, uh, and I don't even care if there's a player on the opposition team and they lose the series, but they go great. I mean, how many times could you have said, oh, yeah, you know, New South Wales won the series, but damn, that to beat that crap out of Wally Lewis to do it, like he played a lone hand. Um I don't mind the other pl- other team getting the player of the series, but it's it, the problem with last year's one is like when you heard it was Billy Slater, it was like what Did they you know when it was being tweeted have they got that wrong? I'm surely they've got that wrong, and you kind of look back at it, and uh, you know there's a reason why you can't uh, bet on a lot of these player of the series awards because they get a bit fucking weird sometimes. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So, I, for me, it always seemed that Billy Slater got that award based on the fact that he had one really good game in Game 2 mm-hmm. and the fact that he was retiring for Game 3. Like mm-hmm. Everyone knew he was, he was leaving on Game 3. He went, let's give him a little present to say, well done, and well, you know, congratulations, and here's, here's a little present to see you out. Mm. And, and, like, I think, it, isn't it the, supposed to be the Australian selectors select that award? Oh, who knows? It might be the people who select Golden Boot. Possibly, it it seemed like a similar sort of pickup. Eh? Yeah. At, at that rate, I'm surprised Tommy Mackinson didn't win the yeah. Lewis medal. I think we should call the Golden Boot something different. I reckon we should call it like the Brass Slipper or something, because that's really. I mean, that's all it fucking is. How much the, gold uh, do you reckon? How much gold do you reckon is in the Golden Boot? 
on like uh, in the, the the trophy. Like, not much. It's probably just a, a hunk of melted down iron, <laughs> coloured yeah. in gold paint. Yeah, yeah. It's like that cheap, shitty spray paint. Yeah, yeah but it's uh, like fucking uh, super cheap auto. Yeah, Two dollars fifty a can. Yeah. Spray that on. No one will know any difference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what could we call the golden boot? I reckon maybe we could go with the um, the yellowish croc. Yellowish croc. Let me think. What about uh, ooh, what? Are, what are other names for boots? Shoe. You could call it a shoe. The brass shoe. <laughs> Thong. The brass. That, that would go. That would go down with the uh, the difference. The difference in uh, translation or whatever it is, the definition of that word across two different cultures. Yeah, yeah. We give give a piece of golden underwear to the person who wins it in England. Great. <laughs> <laughs> you have to hold it up like someone's done something sticky there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I suppose you could also have the the golden gumboot. Golden gumboot would be pretty cool to win, though. Like. I I was thinking that could be for the New Zealand players. Maybe we could make it country-specific. Well, like, all of it pales into insignificance in the face of the King of Rugby League Awards. Well, we know this. And uh, yeah. just so everyone knows, we are going to be doing an epic King of Rugby League Awards show at the end of the year. Epic. We will epic. announce the winner. We'll go back through the history of the award, the winners. Yeah. We might even just put in a ton of awards. Like, yeah. Just... Millions more than what the Dalliams are going to have. I'd, imagine that. Imagine if you had what, what extra awards could we add that the Dalliams don't have? Um, best headgear. Yeah, commentator <laughs> of the year. Commentator of the year. Okay. Worst defender in the NRL. Oh, jeez. Oh, that'd be a good one. I think there are some real contenders there. Yeah, Ryan Hall wins that. Oh, I don't know. He's <laughs> I, don't know got I think. I think I've ruined it already. Nah, nah, I think... Yeah, Mate, I think ever it's... since I saw him do that turn the wrong way on the weekend, and so he couldn't see the bloke he had to defend against, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to struggle to find anyone worse than that. Did you see the Sydney Roosters uh, tweeted a, an <laughs> animated gif of him basically being so terribly out of position, and then they said something like, oh, he never stops in defence, and it's like, yeah, he, he couldn't because he let the guy run bloody 20 metres past him. He had to turn around and get to him. I wonder if the, he did that intentionally just so he could be on a, on a highlight reel somewhere, just hoping, that, just hoping that someone would cut out the first bit where he stuffed up. Yeah, yeah. Just catch him... Doing the bit at the end where he chases it down and cleans up his own mistake. He's yeah. thinking, oh, if only people did quite capture that bit, I'd look awesome. He just looks so bad. Like he's coming off a knee injury, but still, he looks so, so bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Other awards. Um, you could you could have like the best commentator. Best uh, commentator, definitely. Best presenter. Best presenter. Yeah, that'd be good. Um. And obviously worst as well. So this is the thing. All these awards only give out awards for the best. You could have an award that's not another fucking Harker award where every time somebody opens a bloody envelope and a New Zealander's name is in it, if there's a Harker starts. It's like, can we stop with that, please? I haven't got two and a half minutes to just stand around watching it. I know, man. I like the Harker. I think oh, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, they do a Harker every 10 minutes. It's like, jeez. No, I, Just... I don't mind. I, I, if I've got to pick between watching a haka yeah. and listening to Peter Beattie drone on about something he doesn't know about, I'd, I'll take the haka. Does Peter Beattie make a speech on Grand Final Day? Oh, probably. I'm trying they, to think. See, they need um, to have someone up there to boo. Remember when... Remember when, when uh, Ken Arthurson used to be, do the uh, speeches on Grand Final Day? He used yeah. to go up there and everyone would just boo the crap out of him. And they did I the always, same thing with David Gallup. I always like when they boo the Prime Minister too. That's always a good thing. Well, they never did it to Hawkey though. Didn't they? Nah, Haw- Hawkey never got booed. Yeah. Did you, ever, did you ever hear the funny story about um, when Hawkey was in the dressing sheds with the Raiders after they won in 89? Mm. Did you ever hear that story with uh, no, Larry no. Bailey? No, go for it, no. Oh, the, the story goes... 
This mm. is I'm not saying this is fact because this is only something I've heard. Allegedly. But, uh, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> Laurie Daly popped his own uh his own bottle of champagne yeah. with the Prime Minister in, in presence. And I'm not talking about the uh the drink either. What? Yeah. Hang Shake on, what? it up. Shake it up. What the hell? Really? Yeah. Bit weird. Yeah, very weird. I'll never forget seeing Walkie just walking SCG. It's about 1996, 97. I can't remember exactly when. Maybe not. Eh, 96, 97. And uh, West Indies were playing Australia Test Cricket. Me and my friend got notes so we could leave school early, go and watch the Test Cricket for the day. And uh, Hawkey's walking down there past the... I feel like it was the Doug Walter stand we were in. Yeah. And uh, everyone's going, Hawkey, Hawkey. Someone hands him a beer and he just nails it. He just <laughs> nails it. And just keeps walking. The whole crowd was cheering him. It was the best. You know, he briefly held the world Guinness World Record for um, downing a yard glass the fastest. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's since, since been smashed. But, yeah, he briefly held it, I think, from when he was at... Uh, oh, it might have been when he was over, over studying in England. That's crazy. Yeah. Jesus. Another interesting story. Fact. This is yeah. a historical stat, this. Okay. He, his uh, second wife, Blanche. Yeah. Her grandfather hmm. played for the Roosters in the ni- in the early 1900s. Oh, really? Wow. Yep. Lou's his name was Lou. Lou. Good yeah. old Lou. Yeah. Not many people know of that one. That, that, that's something that took me a while to, to dig up. So, yeah, she's uh, she's more rugby league than Hawkey was. Wow, that may, that was back when they were an actual club and not a soulless franchise. Yeah, that was the Eastern Suburbs Tricolors. Yeah, yeah the Tricolors. Yeah, they even stole their logo from a touring side. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> a very poor remake of it too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the French were pretty happy with what what theirs was, but uh, the Roosters just went, let's just rip it off, get some just kid to draw their it. version of it and go from there. Yeah, just steal it. We'll just use it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the uh, – that's most. That's pretty much most of the important news done anyway. Yeah. Uh, there's some other story about New South Wales set for a multi-million dollar win over Queensland, um, something to do with the bush. Um don't know what that's about because it's on the Telegraph. I don't like clicking on their articles. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not a fan of the bush. I love the bush. Dear. Yeah. Yeah. Bush isn't for me, man. I'm city boy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just to clear that up. Um, yes. <laughs> what else was there? Oh, yeah. We've got to mention the elephant in the room because it hasn't been said yet, but everyone else has talked about it all week. Cameron Smith's playing his 400th game this weekend. Yes, 400. Incredible record. Um, the thing to remember is Cameron Smith is better than everybody else's captain in the NRL, and it's undoubtedly one of the great, great, great moments in the game's history. The first to 400. He deserves all of the accolades. An immortal... One of the greatest players of all time. I believe he's the greatest hooker of all time. Um, and, yeah, brilliant player. He's so much better than everyone else's players. He's uh, he's definitely got a brain for it, that's for sure. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. If he doesn't become a coach in the future, then he's wasting himself. He's, uh, he's going to be a better coach than Trent Barrett will ever be. Yeah, and uh, I think it, it was awesome to see... Um, the, the head of the NRL um, get to 400 games. So good good luck, Cameron Absolutely. Yeah. Um, more importantly, Benji Marshall was going to become a 300-game player. Yes, so yesterday. And, well, <laughs> I, I think it's impressive given that he's had 97 shoulder operations and 36 mm. knee operations to manage to still get to 300 games. Yeah, it's kind of incredible. And um, In Rugby League highlight reel, he's, he's got to 300. Well deserved. I was thinking, I was thinking what we should do, right? And, and 
you know, we, sh- we should have re- talked about this off air. But what we should do is we should look at the top five games played at each position. So, and just see where, you know, is it is it more forwards? Is it more backs? I feel like it's more backs than forwards. And um, the, So the top five players of all, with the, with the most in, number of games, positions they've played. Each position, yeah, yeah. All right, we can do this. Yeah. We can do this. This is not a I problem. Think, I think we could do a whole episode on it, though. Yeah, well, I'll tell you right think... now. Okay, top spot, obviously, Cameron, Cameron Smith, hooker. Yep. yep. Then you got Kronk. Yep. That doesn't seem right. No, it's Kronk? Not. It's Lockyer. Are you sure it's not Kronk? No, it might be Kronk. I think it's yeah, Kronk. Yeah, it is. it is Kronk. Yeah. I was going off the top of my head. It's all right. Kronk, I'm good Kronk's at halfback. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lockyer. Yep. Uh, Terry Lamb. Yep. And Steve Menzies. Yep. Then after, So they're the top five. Then just looking up here now. So we've got uh, Corey Parker. Um, so he played as a winger. Yes, yes, in one of those. In and then you had uh, Paul Gallen, Chris Hyington, Brad Fittler, Clitty Lyons. Um, somewhere in this group, mm-hmm. and it's not been confirmed yet. I'm working on it. Is mm-hmm. Jeff Gerrard? Wasn't he, total... Was he exactly three hundred, or was it three twelve? No, his his number of games is still disputed because he played a lot of games off the bench, and in oh. the seventies and eighties. Um, a lot of clubs would refuse to count appearances off the bench, even if they yeah. um, scored points. Mm-hmm. I know this because for so long, Terry Lamb had only had 349 games. Mm-hmm. And um, myself and, and Sean on Rugby League Project, uh, mm-hmm. we managed to can, um, prove with evidence to the NRL mm-hmm. that he'd actually played 350 games, and we got the official record changed to show that. Wow, that's absolutely incredible. You've changed the history of Rugby League. Well, we've corrected it. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. So that that was an important thing for us. Mm-hmm. Um, because the the game that they that was claimed that he didn't play in, mm. he actually kicked a goal in. It's kind of weird, hey? Yeah. So that and we found that by mistake. So we saw it on our on our site and it said he played three hundred and fifty games. We went, hang on, he's only played three forty nine, so we started investigating and we couldn't prove ourselves wrong. We end up finding video evidence, um, using um, you know, lineups and stuff like that in, in programs and match reports, stuff like that. I mean, yeah. Proved it irrefutably. Wow. That's incredible. It's uh, 350 for Baba. Yeah. So he was the first to get to 350. <laughs> it wasn't Lockyer. There's a trivia <laughs> question for you all. Um, yeah. So Jeff Gerard was initially started out as being 300. Then it went to 312. Then it's 325. There's some oh, suggesting really? it could be 331. Oh, wow. So... Uh, it's weird yeah. that I remembered three twelve. Hey, it is. Yeah, I, I think I, that might have been the figure that came out when he retired, and I think he was at Penrith when he retired in the. God, it might have been nineteen ninety, was it? Yeah, from memory, he no, it would have been Terry Lamb. Trying to think why I remember. I think it was maybe it stuck in my head because um, for a very very long time he would have been the highest in terms of forwards. Um, and I always found I found that a forward playing three hundred games was just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it absolutely was. Um, so first we have um, Nathan Hindmarsh, mm-hmm. Andrew Eddinghausen, Ryan Hoffman, Luke Lewis, John Sutton, uh, Jonathan Thurston, Slater, Jason Croker, Hazamel Masri, Paul Langmack, Luke Prittis, Steve Price, Brent Kite, Ruben Wickey. Finding a lot of forwards here. Uh, yeah. Petro Sivanasiva, uh, Kamali, Darius Boyd, Sam Tide, Anthony Watmo, Anthony Minicello, Adam Blair, somehow. Luke Rickardson, <laughs> Simon Mattering, Scott Prince, and John Morris is on 300. Wow, exactly. Yeah. So, That's interesting. Uh, the, the crazy one for me is um, Sutton being the highest capped South Sydney player ever. Yeah. Like, it's. For such an incredible club, it, it, it's and it's nothing against John Sutton. John Sutton's been a you know an incredible clubman for the club, but you just it, there was a point definitely where if you had said like who's the most capped player in South history, you would never have said John Sutton. No, more when he was just at... broke the two hundred game mark. I'm thinking more along those lines when he was just after two hundred games. Yeah, because they've had some bloody good players over the years. Bloody earth they have. 
uh, yeah, so I mean, we could probably do an episode where we go through all of that and, um, you know, we could probably talk about all their careers, perhaps. Yeah, it'd be good fun. We could actually look at the top five from each position and then look at the top um, games played per club, like who is the top, because I would guess that when it comes to Penrith, you know, I don't think we would have had anybody that's actually played 300 games for Penrith. We would probably get around 250, I would reckon, but not 300. Not 300? Not 300. No, no not way. even close. It's uh, Steve Carter's on 248. There you go. I love Steve Carter as a player. Damn, he was so good. Yeah, I was a huge fan of his. Man, he that, was brilliant. That top four for most games played for the Panthers. Yeah. Steve Carter, Craig Gower, Royce Simmons, Greg Alexander. Yeah, some Penrith right there. That's as Penrith as it gets. Yeah. See, Brandy should have played more games because he went over to to, uh, the Warriors. Yeah, he had that. I mean, his his brother passing really hurt his career quite a bit, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it's completely understandable. Same thing with. when Gaia had a bit of a break from the Panthers, just completely understandable. Um, they should have both been pretty close to 300, I would guess, um, if they had stayed. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone else that really stands out that... Um, I mean, you look at the, someone like a Brad Fittler should have played 300 and something well, games for us, you know. Luke Lewis should, should never have been allowed to leave the club. Yep. Matty Singh. Yeah. This is getting depressing. Yeah. Tell me about tell me about the Tigers. All right, the, tig- <laughs> the Tigers have got players about to reach three hundred games. Oh, nice! Isn't that crazy? The fact that the West Tigers have been around since two thousand. They're a about good to have question. players to get to get three hundred play, you know, three hundred games, and yet the Panthers I, have been around since sixty seven, haven't got any. It's it's crazy. Yeah, but here's a question, right? Did the Illawarra Steelers ever have a player? Play three hundred games. I'm pretty or, sure the answer is no. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they did. No. Let's let's have a look. This is pretty much just a test of. Uh, let's see how quickly I can navigate around my own website. Pretty much. Pretty much. That's, That's all I'm need, testing here. This has nothing to do with the Steelers. Yeah, they didn't even have a player get to two hundred games. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, Michael Bolt, one hundred and sixty-nine. Holy shit! And this is the thing that I find funny because I still think of the West Tigers as a brand new club. And yet they've got more of a history than the Illawarra Steelers did. Yeah. How weird's that? Yeah, the Steelers only had 13 players who made, who reached 30, uh, 100 games. That's craziness. Yeah. Who do you reckon's the best Illawarra Steelers players of all, player of all time? Like, oh, at oh, any oh. time played for the club, best Steeler of all time. Best Steeler of all time. Wow. I know. Um, I'd say. Brad Mackay. Oh, that's a pretty good one, actually. I wasn't thinking about him. He's right up there. See, I would say Brian Girdler. Yeah. See, that, that's not a bad one either, although I'd probably say that his, his career at Illawarra wasn't really that uh, fantastic. I know, but I put, the, I put the caveat in there. Just had to play for them. Right. Well, I'm surprised you didn't go with someone like Alan McIndoe. He was next. Who else they had? They had uh, Rod Wishart. Yeah. The classic stealer. Um, John Cross. Yeah, John Cross. He was a Panthers player as well. Yeah. Paul McGregor. He played for them, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he did. Paul McGregor yeah. was there. Um, Sean Timmons. Matty Rodwell. Matty Rodwell, yeah. Who else? Uh, did John Cross play for them? I think John yeah, Cross yeah. played. Yeah, he did. Um, there's some other great, great players that played for the Steelers. Um, I think that's it. That, I'm trying to find one that wasn't wasn't well known. Uh, Leo Epifania. Nah, I can't remember him. Yeah, he had one game at fullback. Oh, there you go. Wonder how um, that went. Let's have a look at how that went. Oh, they lost 28 to 8 to Canberra. Ah, damn it. That was back when Canberra was a gun side, though. Yeah. Well, they were getting there anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. This... Quite a long list. So they had a total of uh, 212 players in their history. It's not that many, really. 
No, they're, they're pretty uh, pretty tight with their squads. Yeah, well, you think of some of the players we named, like they because because there was a point where they had a pretty solid team. They probably didn't have the forwards though. Hey, that was yeah probably that, like, that uh, early to mid nineties. Yeah. They were pretty good in that, 91 to, to 96, 97-ish. Um, pretty good side there. Yeah, they weren't bad at all. And, hmm. yeah, just uh, – and then they were wrapped up. Yeah. Now their socks run around every couple of weeks. Well, yeah, now they're, now they're representing the, the people of Cogra. Steel Dragons. The, the Illawarra Dragons. Mm. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, we've alienated the, the Queensland fans and now we've alienated the Dragons fans. Anyone from the Dragons, anyone that's a Steelers fan, who else have we alienated? Anyone that's English. Yeah. Uh, we've, already, uh, we've already got rid of the Parramatta fans. Yeah. <laughs> Although my Hull supporters, they're with me. Oh, they'll, they'll stick around. Yeah. They've been through worse. Exactly. You know, sometimes public holiday falls on dull day. <laughs> well... On, uh, have we got any shout-outs? Uh, shout-outs. Well, first of all, yeah. our brothers, imams at the starting block, drop the K at the end. Um, always fantastic listening to the starting block. Uh, they've got their live show coming up tomorrow. Now, it's going to be earlier in the day. Well, they, it might be today when you're listening to it. Anyway, it's on the day of the State of Origin. As always, it's on a Wednesday. Normally, they start at about 8 p.m., but they're doing it before... How how they're doing it at what time would it be? Six? I think so, yeah. They're doing yeah. us a solid is what they're doing. Yeah. They're gonna so, lead in. They're gonna basically it's gonna be like eating the main course and then we're gonna be the dessert, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then you watch Origin. Yeah, and then you watch yeah, State of Origin. You, you come down for Origin, it's like it's like having supper afterwards. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty they're, much. They're the big steak. We're yeah. we're we're like a bowl of ice cream, and then you've just got them as a as a as a dry biscuit, maybe a digestive and some tea. <laughs> a digestive and tea. Because <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest, the starting block just it just trumps everything else. Mm. And obviously, we're better than Origin. Mm. Exactly, that's what I think. We'll probably have about the same amount of viewers yeah. on our Periscope as the State of Origin will. Exactly. And, and next uh, next year. State of Origin will then be doing the lead-in for us as we lead into the starting block. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's the goal, anyway. That is the plan. The wheels are in motion already. Shit, yeah. So who else can we give shout-outs to? I feel like there's some other people I should be shouting out that I've completely forgotten about. Yeah, anyone you like, mate. Um, how about how about the usual mob of, of bringing uh, supporters that we've got following us? Starts from 13, Arabella, Nadine, Richard Cranium. Uh, who else have we got? we got some more. we got plenty. we got heaps. There's just so yeah. many people. It's hard, to, it's hard to focus all of the energy on because there's so many people that are just so wonderful and lovely. I had, a, I had an idea for mm. our uh, – because this is another thing too. We've got a big 50th show coming up. Oh, yeah. And I say big because 50 is a big number, not because mm. we've got anything fucking planned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just a, a completely numerical. Yeah. And if, if we don't come up with anything big for number 50, then we might just have a big, you know, episode 51 instead. <laughs> it's just a number to us. <laughs> We're going to so, go back, back over the ages. Remember all the good times that we've had doing the yeah. podcast over all 50 episodes. That's right. So we've got, uh, obviously, this is 47. Uh, mm. The live show tomorrow will be number 48. So. 49 Thursday, I guess, so, will be Origin Wrap-Up. Yeah. So 50 will be a Friday, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do something special for it, hey? Yeah, we've got to think of something good. Yeah. we got, no, no, no. We've got something big planned. Oh, we do have something big planned. No, we don't, but we just say that. I'm taking. I'll, I'd always take your lead on that anyway, because I figure okay. you've got more, you've got more of an idea of ideas than what I do. Ah, oh, we're really fucked then. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm hoping to have coffee in the house by then. With any luck, yeah. with any luck, 
a Porto might give us something for our 50th. Ooh, imagine that. Imagine if a Porto come up with some sort of big spread, or even better, imagine if we did an a Porto giveaway for the 50th, like, and we did, like, something along the lines of everybody that retweets the 50th episode, and then a Porto picks out a winner from that. How cool would that be? That'd be pretty cool. I had a different idea for a for a uh, a giveaway from a Porto. Yeah, it's vastly more selfish, but slightly more amusing. Yeah. Right, so we do a giveaway. Yeah. Where I I give away a voucher to you, and you give one way to me. Ah, I see where we're going with this, like jobs for the boys sort of thing. Like, Bingo. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Bingo. Like, oh yeah. Or you just you know you get family and friends to retweet it and stuff, and then you're like, ah. Oh. I mean, let's face it. I mean. Obviously, I love everyone who supports this podcast and listens yeah. in and tunes in. Obviously, I love you all. But if I've got to yeah. choose between you and a Porto, I'm sure you'll understand where I'm coming from here. Yeah, I will uh, feed every single one of you through a fine steel mesh just for some chips. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if this doesn't get a Porto across the line, then I then nothing will. Exactly. Yeah. You know. This is our last shot at a Porto, man. We've got to get this. We've got to get this <laughs> over the line. This, If we got an Porto sponsorship, that's like 75% of my food income sorted. Yeah, you're, you're set. I will be set for life. Oh, good news too, which yeah. I revealed to you this morning, is um, I now no longer have to travel all the way to uh, the South Australian border to get a Porto's because I just found out there's one literally about 10 minutes down the road from me. That's the it's best. They're, rec- they're opening it's recently everywhere. opened up. They are yeah. everywhere. They are amazing. A Porto. Oh, if you want a wow. Porto, if you want some Portuguese style chicken, boom, Porto. Mmm. A Porto. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we have to make an ad for that. We really do. I yeah. might do that tonight. Yeah, it's good. Now, Jason, um, I'll do that. <laughs> So uh, I think at this rate, we might have to, to, to wrap it up and let everyone go because we've pretty much wasted the last 15 minutes of their time. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> As we do. You want procrastination and time wasting? You come to the right place, baby. You come to us. We, can, we got you covered. Yeah. So, uh, oh, we should, yeah. well, you know what we should do just before we go? Yeah. Tell them about the episode we did yesterday. My oh, yes. So what? just so everyone knows, this is this is actually episode 47 Take two. Yeah. Um, we, we recorded it yesterday, and it went for about 20 minutes of talking about Origin. And then there was about 25 minutes where Freaky's microphone kept cutting in and out and, and stuffing up. And so we just continued recording and created an absolute shit of an episode, and we haven't deleted it. Yeah, you forgot about the phone call too. There the, was a phone call. Yeah, I, I, there was a I did get a phone, phone call, call from, a, uh, from someone trying to sell me a holiday. And uh, he hung up on me after about five minutes. Yeah, it so, was. It was a bad one. It was a bad one, and it, it was after that episode. And after we finished recording, we went, "Holy shit! We've just realised that we now have standards." <laughs> yeah. We're like, we can't put that out. Yeah. <laughs> if we're, I, we've, we've now got levels that we want to hit now. Yeah, it's like uh, if I just describe. That episode, in one word, it would probably be abortion. It's, it's, <laughs> um, it's pretty bad, considering that we've just dribbled on with shit here for the last almost 10 minutes, and yet yeah. we were not comfortable putting out that episode yesterday. That gives you an idea as to how bad it was. It's terrible. It was really bad. I felt bad after it. <laughs> yeah. So, But we haven't deleted it. No, it'll be... We might drag that out towards the end of the year when we've built up enough of a um, a a base of listeners so that when we lose half of them by listening to that utter shit we put together yesterday, it or, won't be too bad. Or we could happily accept massive bribes to, pu- to publish it. Yeah. So, yeah. let's see, half a million each? Yeah, that'd do me. Half okay. a million. If we can get half a million dollars each... Then we'll put it out early. Oh, dollars. I thought you were talking about tit picks, man. Yeah, either or. Yeah, they're either both, they're both, They both have the same volume. Got the same value to me. That's all right. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, that, that was, uh, 
That was all I can say is wow. Yeah, <laughs> really bad. Uh, we uh, yeah, we mop it down out sometime down the line. Yeah, that's what she said. That's what she said. Um, yeah, so uh, tune in tomorrow, an hour before Origin, mm-hmm. and we'll be on there. We'll be answering questions. So if you if you got uh, you got any questions you want to send through, um, either send them to uh, Fergo Freak Pod on Twitter, or you can drop an email to uh, to Freaky at podcast at dot com, and uh, hit him up on there with some questions or statements or stuff you want us to talk about, or just a credit card out. details. Card uh, details we'll take that half yeah. a million over there. Ones, um, anything really? Just yeah, just you know, a Porto's vouchers. Yeah, Porto vouchers. Uh, Xbox Live codes, stuff like that. Anything really? Yeah, be be as generous as you like. We don't. We certainly won't be uh, critical of any sort of generosity that comes our way. Exactly. And we'll respond in kind. We'll make you famous and mention you on the live show. Exactly. What more can you want than a shout out on this exactly. podcast? Oh, and also another thing about the live show too. I fixed yeah. up the slideshow, so we, it won't be blackness either. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I've, I've seen some of the things that you've got set for the slideshow, and let me say, really, really good stuff coming up. It's going to be really amazing to see. It's ama- amazing how um, mediocre I am at uh, at paint, mm-hmm. MS Paint. That mm. um, I've managed to make it work. I put in a bit of extra effort. It actually looks like it's almost passable. I was really impressed. As somebody that's used um, Photoshop and stuff in the past, when you told me you were using paint, I was actually really impressed by <laughs> what you had to do. I was like, man, I couldn't do that on paint. <laughs> so um, they'll be in the in the, in the slideshow tomorrow, so we check mm. those out. Um, mm. Yeah, we've got a few pictures in there now, so that'll be pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll catch us all then, I guess. Yes, we will see you uh I was going to say same bat time, same bat channel, but it's going to be completely different. So watch for us then.